Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This is WTIC Pet Talk. Today, Dr. Andrea Dennis from the Bloomfield Animal Hospital takes your pet health questions. Whether you have a dog, cat, or hamster, this is a show for you and your best friend. Call in now at 522-WTIC or 1-800-966-WTIC. And now, Pet Talk. Good afternoon. This is Dr. Andrea Dennis. And welcome to the veterinary edition of Pet Talk. It is my pleasure to be here, to be able to speak with you on the air, answer questions, to have a conversation about some of the things that you're going through. Many of you have a pet for the very first time. And, you know, as you get into this process of being the uh, sort of have this little creature that is um, your sole responsibility, and they look to you to guide, make sure you take great care of them and, and keep them healthy, it can sometimes be a bit overwhelming. And uh, we've mentioned before on the air here that, you know, veterinarians um, are quite busy right now because of the new uh, increase in numbers of people getting pets during this COVID time period that it's sometimes hard to get through on the phone. So this would be a great opportunity for you to ask any questions about your pets. Um, we have um, Anthony, our producer, is here that will um, get you lined up in our queue so that we can answer any of your calls. I know it's absolutely gorgeous outside. So if you're in the car and just want to pull over, uh, let him know that you're on a cell phone and we'll try to get you on the air as soon as we can. But give us a call at one 800 966 or you can call 860-522-9842. Uh, we will be here until 2 o'clock this afternoon. And we will, again, be very happy to talk to you about anything having to do with your pets. As I said, I am um, from the Bloomfield Animal Hospital. I'm a Connecticut native. Absolutely love this time of year. September, October are my favorite two months. And I'm sure many of you know what I'm talking about. And we are just um, very pleased that, you know, WTIC is willing to have this service available to you. So you take advantage of that and uh, we don't bite. (laughs) Literally, we don't. We're just here to be able to talk with you. So I was talking to a couple of people this week. Uh, As you know, I see uh, patients uh, six days a week, including this morning. We had several people that came in on Saturday morning. And a lot of conversation, because we're still doing curbside, uh, was, you know, is outside and people are starting to talk about, you know, getting ready to go back to work. And that has been a concern for many people with pets or now that they just have pets. 
what's that going to mean for our little four-legged creatures? Are they going to be okay when we go back to work? And for the most part, the answer is yes, that they will be able to adjust quite nicely, but we are going to have some that it's going to be a little bit of a, of a challenge. So um, I'd like to give you some thoughts and some kind of prepare you what you can do. I think sometimes the the house is already a little bit quiet if you have school age uh, children or high school students. So the pets have already seen if you have children in the home that the house is a little bit quieter. But then now if the next step is going to be that you're going to be leaving the house, we have to just kind of be prepared. Uh, they've They've grown accustomed to having someone at home with them all the time. And especially if you've um, adopted uh, and don't really know if your pet has uh, or pre sort of predisposed to having something called separation anxiety. And it sounds kind of, um, oh, well, we can just kind of talk to them and pet them and, and, and ease them through it. But it can really be challenging. And to the point that some dogs actually... Uh, and cats can be quite destructive in the house. So how do you tell if your pet has separation anxiety or is even stressed? Many times they show minimal signs. They kind of keep it to themselves. We can tell at the uh, Bloomfield Animal Hospital which of our patients um, are prone to anxiety or prone to stress or prone to maybe being away from the owner originally if they're separated, but even if they're not separated from the owner uh, during their hospital visit, just having someone else examine them or get on the examination tables. Some of our patients we have to examine on the floor. One of the first things I will kind of uh, test them with is we have the yummiest treats in the hospital. We try to get the best chicken flavored or just chicken based food sometimes. Sometimes we have some that are made out of peas and um, duck and, and with those, the dogs that don't want to take the treats, you can tell those are the ones that are pretty much um, have a little bit of an anxiety. They may look okay on the outside, whereas we've got, you know, the, you've got those 80-pound labs that come in. Their tails are wagging. They could, they just want to love you, you know, and they want to eat the whole jar of treats. They, they can tell you where the treats are actually located. You know, they don't really, as a breed, don't tend to have those stressful situations. But that's one way you can tell if, if your dog is, when you leave the house, when you start going back to work and their food is still there or uh, you've left a treat behind and they're not involved, or you can see they haven't eaten it, that's sometimes a clue that they're a little bit more, uh, have separation anxiety than others. Some other signs to look for. Uh, are they pacing? Even when you're home, are they panting? Do you find when they hear the, the, uh, a car noise outside or somebody knocks on the door, are they shaking or trembling, uh, barking? Many times it's not just to warn you that someone is there. That many times is, again, they're part of their stress that they're feeling. And, or are they very clingy? That's another thing. If they're drooling, that's a sign. Uh, and, of course, when I talk about destructive um uh, manners, that's where they'll many times go to the bathroom in the house. No matter how well trained they are, house trained, if you see that they do have these accidents, um, that, and this can be stool and urine, that's a sign generally of um, that stress. How do you know if your cat has this separation anxiety? They too will sometimes go outside of their litter box. Some of you that have had more than one cat may have already experienced that because that stress sometimes of having two or three cats live in the same household will start a situation where cats will uh, go to the bathroom right outside their box or they'll find another room. Uh, that 
just to kind of aside, the recommendation, if you do have more than one cat, is to always have a litter box per cat and one extra. So if you do have two cats, you really should have three litter boxes around. They can be in different parts of the house, but you want to have them available. Uh, also, you want to make sure, is your, are there, is your cat spraying? Now, what is spraying? Spraying is a term that we use when you find urine sort of on the lower baseboard. That's also a sign of stress. Are they changing their eating or sleeping habits? Is your cat hiding? That's kind of obvious, right? If their cat's not out and about, uh, are they more vocal than usual? And, of course, when they um, scratch and damage different types of uh, furniture or clothing, something of that sort. So if, if your dog or cat does develop separation anxiety, it's important to realize that they're not acting out. They're not acting out of spite or because they're bored. And I hear that as an excuse for many owners quite often. They're acting out because of fear and anxiety, and they are truly distressed. We don't know why some pets experience separation anxiety and others don't, but some factors that can predispose them to it is that if a pet has spent a lot of time in a shelter or they've been rehomed multiple times. If you have a puppy that has not been properly socialized, we talked about this at the beginning of our COVID quarantine when people were getting puppies, trying to be able to get into a safe situation where your puppy could meet other, other dogs safely. Um, if there's a sudden change in the household, such as an owner who has stayed at home for some time and then starts a job that takes them out of the house, and then, of course, if we have a loss of a canine or feline companion, People will sometimes relate that to um, if you've lost a pet and is that there's mourning that's involved. And there is, but again, it's more of a stressful situation for them. And you have to be very sure that this is what's, um, that they you spend extra time with them when there is a loss uh, of a pet. The other thing, and before we take a break, um, when that when you are in a situation, and I always recommend if uh, a, a euthanasia is going to be performed um, at your veterinary office or even people will come to the home as well, always have the other pets that are part of the family be there they, so that they recognize, they understand 100% what has happened to the, to the pet that we've just lost. So that's something to always uh, keep in mind, too. So if I know somebody has two, um, two dogs and one of them we have to make the decision, I always recommend it if they can bring the other dog with them. And I think it's very um, helpful for that pet that's left behind to understand what has happened. So we're going to take a quick break, and then when we come back, I'll talk to you about how you can slowly do the slow transition back to your regular routine. You're listening to the Veterinary Edition of Pet Talk on WTIC News Talk 1080. Pet Talk is back. Now Saturdays at 1 on WTIC News Talk 1080. Welcome back. You are listening to the veterinary edition of Pet Talk, and we're talking about going back to work. Some of you may be taking your train. Some of you may be driving again. And for many, I have heard that, oh, it's been postponed. You know, we're now we're thinking we're not going to go back into the office until January or after January, or our company is going to do a hybrid situation I'm Dr. Andrea Dennis from the Bloomfield Animal Hospital and want to get you prepared 
for helping your pet adjust as you get back to work. So rather than waiting till it happens, hopefully we can share some tips that would be very helpful for you to get them ready for when that happens. I know school has opened for many individuals, so they're already seeing a change in the household in terms of um, the, the children or the young adults not being home. People have gone on to college and it's um, already stage one of this is happening. This is a call show or call in show. So that's where I know many of you are out and about in this gorgeous weather. But, you know, what makes this show successful and makes it tick and what I enjoy the most is talking with you. So if you can call with any of your concerns or questions, uh, and again, especially if you've just adopted a dog or you see your next door neighbor just adopted a dog and doesn't seem to be do things right, how can you approach them safely? Give us a call at 860-522-9842 or 1-800-966-9842. And we're very, very happy to, to answer your calls and just have a conversation. It doesn't have to be something that is absolutely uh, emergency or critical. Um, but again, some of the things that you think you might need. So uh, call anytime. So what's the going back, though, in the meantime, what can we do to slowly transition to a regular routine again? And having a consistent routine and structure really does help your pet feel very secure. And if you're anticipating a change in that routine, it's best to slowly acclimate them to a new schedule. So what the best thing could be if you're for the mornings, I'm always rushed in the morning. I am one of the worst. But if you can wake up a little bit earlier, mornings often tend, you can make it a more of a relaxed time, less hurried. You, you can get the children off to school, um, make sure that you then can spend time with uh, spend time with them so that they can actually be, be ready for you. Um, Give them a good exercise, good walking. Uh, I think also if we can make sure that they have a nice little entertainment and there's some food puzzles that I think are really great where you can put some treats in them. And if you just kind of Google food puzzles, you'll see some things that are just really very excellent in terms of um, they almost look like mazes. And you can put little treats in there, and that's really keeps them busy. Well, you also... Uh, want to make sure that even they have those Kongs that you can put treats inside and they bat around so they can play with those. But most of the time, most of the destruction or most of their anxiety is usually within the first 15 minutes. So if you can keep them busy when you're first leaving, then they usually pretty much can kind of relax. Everything's okay. Go into that area where they're going to help go ahead and take a nice little nap. So um, that's, that's one of the first tips I'm going to give you. But as promised, uh, we're going to talk to Mary. Mary um, has a, sounds like a really serious situation, Mary. How are you? Welcome to Pet Talk. Hi, how are you? We're doing fine, thank you. But you're you're going through some tr trials and tribulations with your dog right now? Yes. Uh, he just went in for a regular checkup, and they found out that um, through the blood work that he has leukemia. Oh, wow. And he's uh, nine years old. And they gave me um, uh, chemotherapy pills to give them in prednisone. Yeah. So my question is, you know how human beings, when they find out that they have uh, a cancer, mm -hmm. they go through their chemotherapy therapy and um, they do it for X amount of time. Right. And then they watch it. 
and they don't go through it. Is that something, the same thing for a, an animal, or is it something that uh, they have to do that through the rest of their life? What? Well, yeah, yes and no. I think it does depend on the type of cancer, and there are different types of leukemia. I think what you were looking for is you're, you're wondering if you treat your dog with the chemotherapeutic uh, regimen, will he, he or she go into a remission? Um, right. Yeah. And that is possible. We do have patients that do go into a remission and are good for long periods of time. Um, but again, I think, uh, I don't know if they staged the where that leukemia is, but it does, it's all part of the um, sort of the diagnostic workup. Um, also, okay. we, we tend to look at statistics too, Mary. Um, yeah, I, even though I always am very optimistic. Um, When I do diagnose any type of cancer with any of my patients, I do try to let the owners know realistically what the average dog with this condition, what's the the normal lifespan, and not just the lifespan, but also quality of life during that time, right? Uh How's your dog handling the chemotherapy? Um, Fine. Good. As far as uh, chemotherapy, I mean, I see a little change in them. Mm Mm-hmm. He's like a little spacey. Right, right. Um, but with the prednisone, I find that all he wants to do is eat. Yes, <laughs> it's true. They do want to eat, and they drink more water than usual as well. Yeah, those are the two things, that and, and yeah. the water. Yeah. So when is your, um, when's your follow-up recheck? Is that coming up in a few weeks, or are they going to do yeah, another blood test? Okay. It's, yeah, it's coming up. Uh, it's coming up this month sometime, probably near the end of September. Mm-hmm. Um, he had one checkup already. Uh, he went for his annual, yeah. and that's when they, they found it in the blood work. Wow. And then they put him on this uh, regiment, and right. then uh, I had another checkup, and they said his levels were almost, like, perfect. Well, that's that's excellent. So they'll probably, again, continue monitoring him. And, again, again, it does depend on the actual. There's different types of leukemia and different types of cancer. So they will guide you with the, you know, again, probably weaning him off medications probably, but with the follow-up. So I think we have to be um, hopeful and optimistic that we get your guy um, into a level of remission. So I, I want to wish you luck with that. I, I have one more question, uh, quick question. Is there a way that do you have to do the chemo with the prednisone, or could it just be the chemo? Or well, the chemotherapy prednisone is technically part of his chemotherapy protocol. Quite honestly, okay. okay. So a lot of times there's usually prednisone and two or three other drugs, so it is part of it. But if you need to, but I would check with them. You know, again, if it's amount, if it's can we kind, of, is it time we can start to reduce the prednisone because of the side effects? But it mm-hmm. is partly part of the that whole package. Okay, okay, Mary. Yeah, right, well, good. Gain some weight. I know, but again, if those blood cells are looking better, that is fantastic. So you're going oh. in the right direction, and I'm sure they're going to guide you very well. So I'm going to wish you the best of luck. Okay, okay. thank you for calling. Bye bye yeah, now. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye now. Yeah, and we have to take a hard stop for news, but we'll be back with more of your questions right here on Pet Talk. Give me a beat. Pet Talk is back. Now Saturdays at 1 on WTIC News Talk 1080. 
Welcome back to a beautiful Saturday. And if it's Saturday and it's 1 to 2 o'clock, it is now our new home slot for Pet Talk. And I am Dr. Andrea Dennis. Extremely pleased to be with you and answer your questions. Because, again, there is so much information out there and everyone's time is so limited. So we appreciate uh, being able to come here 1 to 2 o'clock on Saturdays, um, normally at the Bloomfield Animal Hospital. And if I don't get to your call today... Always feel free to send us an email. Uh, just go. We have a great website filled with lots of information, but it's BloomfieldAnimalHospitalCT.com. And that's where we have, um, you just contact us if you want to send us an email. Our staff is excellent about returning calls or letting me know when someone needs my help. Um, but it sounds like Linda has a question about a kitty cat that you're thinking about adopting, Linda? Um, I already adopted my my cat, he's a little over one years old, mm-hmm. and he's a very gentle, easygoing cat. He would get along with other cats, and I think it would be nice to get him a friend. Sure. Um, I've done that in the past, and it worked. Um, I mean, at times they have their little squabbles, oh, but yeah. other than that, you know. <laughs> they do. <laughs> yeah. Um, the thing is, I there's a cat I saw online at a shelter, you know, and... Um, mm-hmm. It said he gets along good with other cats mm-hmm. and with children, right. and that I liked. Yes. I, he, and it says he likes to be petted and brushed gently. The only thing is um, he's FIV positive. Okay. Um, Do you know anything about that? Yes, I know they yeah. can live a norm, almost, pretty much a normal life even into their teens. They can. I just get a little concerned. What if they have a squabble and um, he tries to bite my cat? Well, I mean, I don't know what to do, you know? Yeah, I think, you know, I would not have any problem if I had a household with no cats. I would have personally no problem adopting a cat with FIV. Um, and that is, you know, and that is um, FIV stands for feline immunodeficiency virus. There's also another virus that cats get called feline leukemia. Um, right. And so they're two separate viruses, I would say. And we tend to compare the two. We tend to say, you know, that, that generally FIV is not as serious as, fe- as feline leukemia. It tends, they tend to live a longer life. Uh, I wouldn't say it's a, as, it's, it's does tend to be a bit shorter. Um, I think it's not as contagious, but it does spread. Where both of these viruses, we worry about it spreading from saliva, through blood, um, through even urine. So that you are putting um, your other cat somewhat at risk. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I think that is something that I, it would make me pause. And um, I, I just, that's kind of, you have to make that decision for yourself. There's no real vaccine that's very effective. Like we do have a feline leukemia vaccine that's quite effective. So that, you know, when we're talking about viruses and vaccines, that's another thing to, to, for you to put on your pro and con list uh, when it comes to do we adopt this kitty with um, feline um, or FIV? Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I, I, I I feel so sad because I, I I love that animal. I just see him on on the picture, and I can see how he would be gentle. But if they had a squabble and uh, and he tried to attack my cat, you know that would really devastate me. You know, I mean, if if he 
put his punctured right. his mouth into the cat's my cat's body, you know, and that that could be uh that could start to give my other cat FIV. Uh, yes, I mean that's the main way of transmission is is through blood and you know and fights. Um, urine um, can happen too, you know, sometimes, so that cat bites can do it. It's not necessary. it's not not upper respiratory infection or an aerosol like what we're dealing with COVID, which is, you know, in the air. It doesn't, it tends to be, have to be in a warm, live uh, fluid like urine, like blood. And that's why, you know, a lot of people will um, associate it with HIV in humans um, because it's um, a virus that causes your body to weaken. You don't have a strong immune system. Yes, there's medications that we can use to help them live as long as possible. There's also, you know, any little infection, like even uh, uh, sometimes cats that have tartar and gingivitis, you you just always want to make sure you get them on antibiotics because they are not, their immune system is not, the same as a healthy cat that doesn't have this virus. Now, what do you mean by urine? You mean if he goes in the litter box and is and my cat could, like, well, uh, it it technically can be found in the urine. These viruses. So that's the techno. No, the main way it's transmitted is through fights, is through um, biting, through blood and and the saliva. But yeah, I mean, you have to be careful with that. That's why, if um, I don't know if you've talked to the shelter yet, I don't know if they would even want you to have uh, allow you to adopt this cat knowing that you have another one that that might be another thing too so this conversation may be for naught yeah if my other cat was FIV positive I wouldn't I wouldn't hesitate right. getting this cat exactly you know? exactly yeah so um, I think you know there's um, you're, you're trying to do a good thing you're trying to find company for your for your other cat but I like I said personally I would not do it but don't you know that's just my no I I I no I I've been thinking in the okay. same okay. same way what you were thinking and yeah. um I just want to um I feel a little more confident now that it's better to get a cat without that because yes I don't want to take the chance and if it ever did happen oh I would be devastated you would feel you know? the guilt would be overwhelming for you and it doesn't have to happen I think there'll be another nice home where he'll be the other only cat he'll live right. a nice life uh, and I but I think Linda your question is very helpful for other cat owners and why we and we see a kitten or we see a new cat we always recommend that they be tested if the shelter isn't or the you know breeder has not tested the kitten or the adult cat that you let allow your vet Veterinarian to do it because it tell yeah. it, this is a the only well, way one, you can tell is by having them tested. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Well, one thing good is if the cat is being taken good care of, it's a no kill shelter, so that's good. <laughs> yeah, but according to him, I think he's going to find a nice little magic home for him and a nice forever home. So, um, thank you for bringing this question forward because yes, it's very helpful. And, and thank good you luck. for your help, Doctor. I appreciate it. Anytime. Thank you oh, very much, Linda. Good you. luck. Bye bye. Bye bye now. Yeah, I think this is, I think she's she's making, you could just hear her, the wheels in her mind turning. She knew that she was, you know, it, this would just be better. Not, you have another kitty that's just, um, not that he's old, but, you know, why take the chance? Why take the chance, I guess, is that question. Um, I'm going to, yeah, before we go do it, let's have John. John, you've been on hold for a little while. How are you today? 
Oh, very well, thank you. But living in the constipation state, <laughs> taxes, taxes, you know. Yes. Oh, uh, here we go. Well, this is, I am all about pets. So anything I, I can do yes. to I'm help you about your about pet. about an 11-year-old yep. Bichon Frise oh. from the neck to the base of her tail. Not much hair left because she's scratching, itching, and chewing. Mm-hmm. She has a pot belly. Mm -hmm. She does not urinate a lot. She's not thirsty a lot. Okay. Um, She has weight gain. Uh, The blood test says that her fat in the blood, liver values high. Right. Something going on with the liver. Okay. And we're supposed to be taking her maybe Monday, next Monday because they're booked up, for some kind of Cushing's test. Correct, yeah. And she has high levels of steroids in her system. And did they test her urine? Is that how they know? Or they just did a cortisol level in her blood? Yeah, just the blood. Okay. But the test they're supposed to be doing is um, they already know her baseline uh, high level of right. of the uh, steroids right and they're going to give her more steroids right confusing and right <laughs> if it keeps staying high then they know the it's cushings okay yeah is that correct well there's different tests and and, and uh, what if, can, do you have time to hold on for us so we can take a quick break? Because this gets a Absolutely. little bit... Absolutely. All right, Jen, I'm going to put you on hold, and I appreciate you doing that. And uh, let's take our last break of the of the hour, and then we'll come back and we'll talk about Cushing's disease with John. More on Pet Talk. This world keeps Pet Talk is back. Now Saturdays at 1 on WTIC News Talk 1080. Welcome back. You're listening to the Veterinary Edition of Pet Talk. I'm Dr. Andrea Dennis from the Bloomfield Animal Hospital. And uh, we were talking earlier in the show about getting ready to be prepared, um, how to make sure you help your pets as you adjust back to work. Uh, I'm actually going to be back in about three weeks from now, and we'll talk a little bit more. Maybe some of you will have gone back to work by the middle to end of September, and uh, let let me know how things are going and how we can help. But uh, right now we're talking to John, who has a lovely Bichon, who we are looking at the possibility that your Bichon might have Cushing's disease. Do I have that right? That is correct. Okay. We haven't had the rest of the tests done. Right. But we were told even if the Cushing's test to, to find it came back negative, whatever's wrong with her is still a liver problem, and they will do an ultrasound after that. I like that plan, John, very much. Um, I think an ultrasound, it gives us so much more information than an x-ray. You can see all the lobes of the liver, the spleen, the bladder. You'll be able to see quite a bit. And the thing, what's nice about that type of test, it's not invasive. Your dog will just lie there on her side, and uh, it, it, you're not putting anything inside of them. 
um, no poking, you know, no taking any um, biopsies. But I think that if they want to start, sometimes I'll start with the ultrasound first and then go to the blood test for Cushing's. I, I actually, this is just my way of doing it. Um, I usually have an owner bring a urine sample from um, from home, never taken at the hospital because they're a little bit anxious. And it's just a screening test for Cushing's disease. And another name for Cushing's is hyperadrenocorticism. It means you're looking for a, a disease where the adrenal glands are just working overtime. Uh-huh. Um, but the urine sample, if it's, it's a nice screening test. Either it tells me, yeah, it's a likelihood that we have Cushing's or we don't have it. But but you can also start with the blood test, which your veterinarian is recommending. Well, we did do blood tests, and it says too much fat in the blood yeah. and way too much steroids in the blood. Right, but that alone can just be um, a it's just a it's just a snapshot in time. So why they want to do these other tests is that you're challenging the adrenal glands. You're trying to see, and there's two tests. One is called an ACTH test, and the other one is a low dose dexamethasone test. So I'm not ah. sure which one they're going to do. But the it, first, what they're going to do is um, she already has a measure of the steroids in her blood. Correct. We're going to give her more steroids. Well, both of them require steroids, but it's just a teeny, teeny. Don't worry about that. It's teeny, teeny, tiny what they're giving. It's just to challenge the adrenal glands, and then the results will be very helpful. Yes. Uh, okay. They so if the if it stays high because she's already high, if the liver doesn't say, "Hey, bring this down," then they say it's Cushing's. Well, again, I'm not sure which test it is because one of the tests, it's more, does it lower it? So it, it so it, don't worry about, they will be able to um, interpret the test results because they, they know which test they're doing. So based on their interpretation, gotcha. that's what they're experts at. And they will be able to tell you, don't worry about them giving her just a teeny tiny more. You have to find out what's going on. And, you know, the liver... If it's not Cushing's and we do have a liver problem, I, I tend to, um, I think it's worthwhile following through and trying to figure it out as well because the liver, it does have a great capability as an organ in the body of regenerating, of healing. Um, sometimes when we have to deal with kidney failure, it's not as optimistic, but the liver, I, you know, I try to be a bit on the optimistic side. But, Absolutely. Right? So I think you're going to be in really, um, sounds like they're doing things the right way. You'll get some answers, and then you'll do whatever you can, um, you know, that's going to be best for our little Bichon. Oh, this this Bichon, along with our first Lahasa Apso that lasted 16 and a half years, mm-hmm. the next Bichon was 15 years. This Bichon, and all three of them, Doc, have won the lottery. <laughs> oh, I bet. I'm I bet. You. Well, the fact that you're following through and you're doing some research and there's some great treatments, it, it's a lot of work. You'll be back and forth with your veterinarian if it is Cushing's or even liver, but it sounds like uh, you are, are willing to follow through on the work that needs to be done. And sure, at 11 years uh, old... Uh, hey, Tabitha's part of the family. That's I it, exactly. Just, and the wife just can't let her go do this and let her suffer. No. But she is really suffering. There's no hair from the neck down. She chewed it all off. Right. Scratched it all right, off. Right. And uh, one more quick thing. Sure. The other night, the wife and I finally got a good night's sleep, but she chewed a hole in her side. 
the size of a quarter and very, very deep. Yeah. And just bleeding and, okay. and leaking some kind of clear fluid. Well, I would probably, I mean, I'm not convinced that itching is all due to Cushing's, quite quite honestly. It may be that we have some allergies, too. Um, some, when they're really biting at themselves, even if you just put her in a bath of lukewarm water, that's very soothing when they're this itchy. And I think this itchiness has to be addressed as well, what's causing it. And Ooh, also, you okay, okay, we can put her in the bathtub yeah. with lukewarm water yeah. also. Even we don't worry about having a special shampoo, but if she can't make it through the night without sleeping, that is very, very helpful just to make her feel better. And Ooh. then, because they will self mutilate themselves, they will find a spot and oh, work she's at it. She's in so bad shape, Doc. And we do have special shampoo that we were give, uh, we paid for, okay. you know. Well, and where she goes to get um, grooming, right. They use the exact same shampoo. Okay, good. But it doesn't help. <laughs> well, I think that there's something else. I'm not quite putting this completely linked with the Cushing's, but again, there are answers to be had. And we, uh, you know, I see a lot of itchy dogs day in and day out, and we have great medications. The other little hint when it's really bad um, is maybe getting some little baby t shirts, you know, small little t shirts, put that over her body, and at least that you, you can catch, she'll lick the t shirt before she really starts going at her skin. They oh. Tolerate yeah, t-shirts very nicely. Really bad. So uh, a little bit, put her in the bathtub with some warm water yeah, helps. it does. It just makes them feel better. Okay, okay, we can do that. All right, well, good luck. And listen, oh, I'm thank be, you very much for your show, and thank you very much for your time. You are, thank you. And again, I'll be back, I think, uh, I'm going to be back, I think, the first uh, October 2nd. So if you have some answers, give the, uh, give the um, show a call and let us know what your diagnosis is for her, okay? Amen. Yes, I will. All right. Good luck with her. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. Bye-bye now. Yeah, I think um, I'm very hopeful and optimistic that we get make sure our little Bichon. We, he didn't tell me her name. Next time, John, you'll have to tell me your name. But uh, they're going about things the right way. You know, sometimes these um, there's different symptoms for these different diseases, and one test is not always going to tell you, give you all the answers that you need. But People like John that understand that, okay, we've got test number one done. Now we have to go to an ultrasound, an abdominal ultrasound. No different. It's no different than it is in human medicine. That sometimes you say, okay, hey, this blood test, aha, you have diabetes. Um, so it was that in one, that one blood test, you know exactly what's going on. But, but most of the time, things are a bit more challenging and you have to do several tests. We just tend not to do them all at once. Let's do like sort of from the baseline and work up. So on that note, I want to wish everyone a really nice weekend. The weather has been extremely comfortable. Um, again, if you have any questions, we'll be back. You can call Lori Fass, I believe, here is um, here next week. Um, and um, she can answer the, your training questions. But this is going to be our hour between 1 and 2. We're going to be here every Saturday. We're going to follow Law Talk. In the old days, we used to be before Law Talk. But we're um, we're happy to be back. And we're all adjusting to some of the new rules and regulations. But all is good. And I want to thank Justin Levine for the music. And again, Anthony, I always appreciate your time and help. So You'd be good. <laughs> I always want my producer to be good. We want him to be happy here in Connecticut. All right. So we'll see you next time.
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.